and that that downsizer market is is active and it's one of the, the demographic trends that, that we're watching with a view to like um, what, what property you should be building or, or developing and then what property is likely to outperform. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with successful property investor and buyer's agent, Andrew Allen. We find out about the criteria he looks for when purchasing properties using the buy and hold strategy, the station he grew up on that his family sold for $13.6 million how to consistently build your portfolio and much, much more. For Alan, there were various light bulb moments on his property journey where he felt as though all his hard work had paid off. I think getting the first rental statements always from your property manager is always a nice moment and I remember how, how, how good that felt still in terms of well, you're getting paid rent and, and you're not doing anything for that. That was a fantastic moment. And also just being old enough to see property appreciate through, through different cycles and being old enough to remember higher interest rates and, and uh, property not going anywhere and just seeing what happens over the fullness of time. The station I grew up on just uh, recently, we, we actually sold it for a reasonable amount of money in the in the 1980s but just recently that uh, that transacted for 13.6 million and had a really solid growth per acre in in terms of property values and that that market is a it's a classic market where the real money perhaps is it's not made in not made in appreciation though that that's fantastic it's made by by buying well and and usually that's a case of you're buying when other people are having to sell because there there are really long periods of not much happening or property going backwards and then you get all of the, all of the appreciation at once and for me you know that that's really been that aha, aha moment that uh, buying good quality property and, and holding for long term or holding for a very long term works well in Australia. In terms of the station Alan grew up in which recently sold, it makes use of various income sources and although income for the station is not a problem, there are also other issues which can be. It's grazing and just uh, using the land for various purposes. Dirranbandi is is near. You might have seen it on the the news. Uh, it's a large cotton cotton farm called Cubby Station, and that's a political football. But basically, there, there's lots of ways to use the land. And my my last visit out there was interesting to see how many different ways the graziers are using it. And we're talking about just different types of crops and livestock, fruit, or even things like ecotourism. People going out for camping or hunting. And there's just a lot more flexibility and entrepreneurship around getting an income from the land because you've just got oceans of well, massive amounts of land. And when one commodity such as wool is doing fantastic, then, it, then it's great. But uh, you have droughts to prepare for and just having that diversity in, in uh, income sources is, seems to be very important these days. Income's not a problem. The problems are, are debt. Um, same with prop standard residential investing, being able to handle debt. Um, if you've got too much of that and uh, that, that will end up finishing you off because eventually something's going to go bad with, with the weather and it hasn't rained out there for a, for a long time. The in, in, income's usually not a problem. When the wool boom was going gangbusters after the Second World War, that uh, the, the joke was that uh, 
you know, there, there were so many Mercedes and BMWs driving on the on the outback roads that that uh, you know that had ne- never seen any dust before. That the, the farmers were doing very well. That um, commodities go up and down in price, and and if you're just exposed to one, then then, then it's an issue. But the the people that tend to do well, they they either own outright or just have very manageable debt, and they're in a position to be able to to buy from people who who aren't as fortunate when when times are bad. And that seems to happen, I guess, as part of any market, um, or probably part of the market, because I guess there are people who are distressed, and people who can come in with at the right timing can actually pick them up for a good price as well, too. Absolutely, and Brisbane has had some reasonably good distress buying in apartments over the last probably year, year and a half. And the Gold Coast is a classic market for that as well. For for those who've got the patience to to collect a distressed apartment, the the buying is is uh, always good. For Alan's next purchase, he's looking to buy a good-sized block of land and build a house on it in order to be part of a unique market. He also tells us about the preferences of people with a certain level of purchasing power when it comes to buying properties for rental income. We'd like to upsize our house. We're part of the market that have children that are, that are getting older and that market is quite a healthy one in Brisbane and people such as myself, we're looking for things like good school catchments. And if you, you've got a house in a good school catchment in, in Brisbane compared to being the street over, that, that premium can be worth, let, let's say $50,000 for a good school catchment. It's quite significant. So that, that's going to be our next purchase. And in terms of what we, what we target for our buyer's agent clients, we have two main groups we service. One, one of the, the homeowners, and there's a lot of people from Sydney and Melbourne who are looking to relocate to Brisbane. And that, that's quite normal after Sydney and Melbourne have had strong price growth because they look at what they can get for a million dollars and there might not might not be much in Sydney, but it's still quite a lot. Well, it's really quite a lot in Brisbane. So if they have a job, they'll, they'll look to relocate and we buy properties often in the, the 1 to 1.5 million price range for homeowners. And that, that's a good quality blue chip suburb in Brisbane, good school catchments so that they, they, they might well send their children to private school, but good school catchment and not really focused on yield, but the yields can, can be quite low. And th- th- that's one segment. The, the other main segment we, we service with the buyer's agency um, are the buy and hold, which is really our specialty. And, and we'll do small improvements, cosmetic improvements, but not, not usually full renovations. And that market is, is very active under 500,000. And the reason reason for that is I think it's mainly affordability, but also people who have one to 1.5 million buying power, they, they might prefer to buy three houses, in two or three houses in Brisbane around that 450 to 550 price point rather than, than, than just invest in one property. And we're doing quite a bit of buying at, at uh, that under 500 price point. Let's say the sweet spot's around sort of 430 to 450. And also we, we do quite a bit of buying closer into the CBD at, at um, a price point, which is closer to 600,000. That can get you a good quality house, nine to 12K from the Brisbane CBD on a 600 square meter plus block of land with, with high land value uh, at a reasonable yield also. When it comes to purchasing two or three similar rental properties or purchasing one large rental property, Alan elaborates on these two options and how they compare. Generally, I'd say that 
all of these properties are floating on the same market, which is the, the Brisbane residential market. And the property that you buy for 500 is, is definitely different to the property you buy for 800, which might be the 800 to 850 plus property will be 5K from the CBD. And the property that, that we're buying for 450,000, that might be 25K from the CBD. And the reason it's that far is we're talking house with a really significant land component uh, as a percentage of the total price. And generally, you do tend to get more diversity in terms of having two, two rent, rental incomes coming in, in instead of one. That's really only if vacancy is a significant risk, which it basically isn't for property that's um, in, in a good location and, and um, priced correctly in, in Brisbane. So for those investors who want to be closer to the CBD and they want to, let's say, invest 900000 or a million in one property, then that's absolutely fine. And those buyers have the preference for close to the CBD and they don't mind the lower yield and the, the one rent. And, and I think that approach is absolutely fine. It's, it's personally what I choose over the two properties that are, that are the lower price. But, but I also think it's a, a personal preference in terms of it's not clear necessarily what, a, what profile would, would do better there, the one house for 900 or, or the two for 450 because we can, we can buy both of them well. Alan goes on to tell us what kind of criteria he's looking at for his clients in properties when it comes to utilizing the buy and hold strategy. Some of the, the common criteria, what we're looking for in all of these properties, Tyrone, are excellent locations. So good quality locations within Brisbane, but also within the suburb, because we have the belief that every property deal is very specific in terms of the numbers and whether it's a good idea or not. And that's more important usually than suburb A is better than suburb B if both suburbs are of a similar nature and in terms of distance from the, the, the CBD. But what, what we're looking for, we're primarily buying houses and no, no reason for that apart from the apartment market has had almost zero demand from investors for the previous three years. However, the value in that market is, is returning to what we think, we think is quite interesting. Talking about housing, what, what we focus on are good blocks of land. So usually it's above 600 square meters and good location if in the suburbs, so close to key infrastructure, usually train station, good walkability, and not on a busy road or compromised location. So good neighbours, significant housing around you, which means a lot of own occupiers who are spending money on their lawns and, and houses. And good school catchments are also very important. And a house that's low maintenance or prospects of low maintenance and flexible on housing style with a view that you want the house to be appropriate for the area. So in some areas that will be character housing and in other, other areas it might be brick and tile. And the house purchase at an acceptable yield, which is basically for, for housing under 500,000 in Brisbane, that's sort of five to 5.5% yield these days. And for, for housing that's sort of 600 to 650,000, the, the yields would be about four and a half percent in Brisbane. So it's so definitely respectable for anyone from Sydney or Melbourne. But um, not positive cash flow at, at um, high, high gearing levels. And one of the key components we, we focus on is the land ratio. So we're looking for a high percentage of the total price to be the, the land value, the underlying block of land. And that is what is delivering your appreciation longer term. And that, that's the short summary. So well-located well property purchased with a solid house um, at an acceptable price and the focus very much is on 
capital growth and giving yourself that chance to outperform with capital growth. And to give you just some, like a real world data point around that, that land appreciates example, the, the property I mentioned before that, that uh, I purchased in 2007 for 280,000, the land value when I purchased that would have been approximately 150 or 160 and the house would have been 120 of, of the total price. So fast forward through to 2019 and the end value is 480 and the house would approximately again be about 120 and, and the rest would be, be land value. So the, the land's gone from 150, 160 up to, well, as much as 400,000. So land value is really, really important then. That's, that's the key aspect that you want to be looking for, especially, as you said, buying the right location or good location and having those surrounding factors as well too. 100%. And land value is, is very important with the view that you need, you need a holding income as well. So you don't just go and buy blocks of land because you don't have any income. So you want a house that's low maintenance and generating an acceptable yield. So it, it is a compromise. He gives us some advice on how you can consistently buy properties and build your portfolio. Most of our clients are, well, there's a mix in terms of we have some people who have very large portfolios, but, but usually they're interstate. So those people almost always are focused on the growth. So we're, we're, just, not, we're just not looking on maximizing the yield. And I agree that the, the prospects for growth are the most important. And that's what's helping people leverage into more property and build a portfolio is, is that capital growth. Having the extra $20 a week rental income usually doesn't make as much sense. And this strategy is, it, it has an optimistic view of, of the future in terms of if we don't have any capital growth, then absolutely it doesn't make sense to, to do this. You, there are better ideas. And the yields are quite healthy in, in Brisbane and most of our clients with a, with a reasonable deposit which um, might be sort of 15, 20% report neutral or positive gearing with the, the lo- lower price point properties, but it's, it's definitely negative gearing. And the, the best description of negative gearing I've ever heard is it's not something you seek out, but it's something you tolerate. And I think that's an excellent way to view it. It's not a, it's not a strategy in itself. It's an, it's an outcome. It's something that you tolerate because you're, that's the price you're paying to get high quality property. And when you're starting out for your first or second property, I think that approach in terms of building a portfolio is definitely the best approach in terms of you take take the the hit on the cash flow with a view that you're positioning yourself to to capture that growth when it comes. And what we find is when our when we get more experienced investors who've who've basically hit land tax thresholds for for Queensland, which might might be as many as as little as one property, or, or often it's three or four properties, they're looking at development deals so they'll be doing basic subdivision splitters townhouse developments or that's when you can look to to deals that would look to maximize the yield like like a second income on a a property that's what i was thinking as well because in order to really add capital value like manufacture the equity you'd probably have to be looking at developments some sort you know whether it be a renovation or adding an extra room somewhere and just adding value to those properties in order to sort of manufacture the equity otherwise sitting and holding sometimes you'd be waiting 10 20 years and not saying that that strategy is not isn't working but it is a very very long-term view and it, it's great that you mentioned that absolutely tyrone and what i point out again is it's 
what we're describing as a buy and hold strategy is really like a core strategy of a portfolio in terms of if, you, if you're doing that as an only strategy, again, again, that's fine. But if you want to get somewhere faster or, or, or get superior results, then value adding is always a good idea at any point. And, and that can be done through um, renovations and development. We also offer joint venture deals for, for people who've, who've um, basically got the capacity and don't just want to add, add more buy and hold properties. But for, for anybody who doesn't have any exposure to, to property in Australia, then the buy and hold is like, it's, a, it's an excellent place to, to start while you're working out what you do in the future. Coming up after the break, we delve into Andrew Allen's reason for investing in property. Well, flexibility is of being able to manage or invest your time how you wish is a great side effect of having shares and residential property and commercial property. Personal habits that have contributed to his success. And that magic, almost, it's almost magic in, in actually acting and uh, doing things, taking targeted feedback, refining and, and going again. What he is looking forward to on his property journey in the next five years? I think we're about to have an awesome decade. I, I have a, this belief that the roaring 20s are here again. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Alan informs us of the reason behind why he invests in property and built up his portfolio and started a buyer's agency. Well, flexibility is of being able to manage or invest your time how you wish is a great side effect of having shares and residential property and commercial property. And with property investment, I've never been a sales agent, never never been on the sales side. I, I started the buyer's agency in 2009 because I was a property investor and, and thought like one. So that was the reason I started offering to help other investors because that's basically how I identified as well. Alan has accumulated knowledge on property and investing through various avenues. I got a great amount of wisdom out of forums called the Summersoft forums back when they were online and that was in the, the, the 1990s. And that was a collection of property investors sharing their wisdom at, in, in, at, at that time and, and now the choice as well. They're, they're even better with um, podcasts and, and forums and, and online resources. The, the information has never been better and that's only going to continue, I think. And the, the Summersoft forums were an inspiration and, and also that's that would be the book I would recommend to, to anybody to read. My, my favourite book, the one I've given away the most, is Building Wealth Story by Story by Jan Summers. And that, that's quite well known. It's an older one of Jan's books, but basically it's a mindset book around the wisdom of accumulating property. When asked about what was the best advice he has ever received, Alan's answer is short and succinct. Buy high quality and hold. He then shares some personal habits that have contributed to his success. I think there's wisdom in, in taking action. And that's something that, are, that I notice sometimes with what separates what I see is what I think are successful investors from from ones, ones who aren't. There are people who basically just accumulate knowledge and keep on accumulating it and don't end up doing anything. And that magic almost, it's almost magic in, in actually acting and uh, 
doing things, taking targeted feedback, refining and and going again is something that I'm working on. But it's, uh, when, when I've done that, and usually a good sign is when you're feeling uncomfortable. If you're feeling uncomfortable about something and you can push through it, you think it's the right direction to take and you're taking targeted action, then just acting is uh, something that works very well. If Alan could have met himself 10 years ago, he would have said to him to enjoy life more. Be in the moment more, especially with young children because they grow up very quickly and relax and, and try to enjoy your life because business and investing, they're, they're just a game in the end and not a, not a means to it, not, not serving themselves. They're there to serve yourself and your lifestyle. So relax, enjoy the moment. Alan, what are you most excited about in the next five years are the advancements in technology and purchasing properties in growing cities. I think we're about to have an awesome decade. I have uh, this belief that that uh, the roaring 20s are here again and we're only, only a few months away now. But um, I, I think that's just amazing things are happening with, with technology and well, just uh, Australia is very well positioned to take advantage of those and what we're doing with residential property, I think that won't change. I don't think it's getting disrupted in terms of land. It's still going to remain relevant. And I think that um, there's going to be a continued trend of, of cities getting larger and mega cities developing. So buying well-placed properties in, in capital cities in Australia will just continue to be a valid idea. Yeah, that is very, very interesting. There's so many interesting factors showing you know especially the way that the market's changing as well and, and people's living lifestyles are changing you know i've been hearing more and more people wanting to say or wanting to move into apartments because people are getting busier so they just don't have time to manage the house absolutely that's one of the trends tyrone in, in america you can see it happening at the moment in australia also in america there's, there's something like ten thousand baby boomers a day retiring and there's some real trends of what they're selling and what they're buying and that, that downsizer market is active and it's one of the, the demographic trends that, that we're watching with a view to like um, what, what property you should be building or, or developing and then what property is likely to outperform. That's one of the wants from the downsizers is they, they don't want as much maintenance as they would have had with the house. So they might want a small, small courtyard, but definitely less maintenance and good sized living areas as well. So close to good location, as you mentioned, so you want to be close to the the good shopping centers and, and, and restaurants and, and lifestyle, but you also want to have enough space there that kids and the grandkids can, can stay when they visit. How much of your success is due to your skill, intelligence and hard work and how much of it is because of luck? A lot of what we do is luck and probably, to be honest, I think a lot of that luck is is just because we're, we're Australian and we live in this, this amazing country and we really are a lucky country. And if you've travelled around the world, you can you can verify that in terms of we're really a, a rich, politically stable, entirely honestly. We, we really are rich, politically stable Western country with a growing population, both uh, a growing population base and, and in increasing in wealth. So I think a lot of the luck is just acknowledging that, that uh, um, we're, we're born in a very fortunate country and you can obviously help that with... Uh, with intelligent action and, and, and skill. But uh, yes, I'm happy to attribute a lot of what I've achieved to luck. If you'd like to contact Alan, here are some avenues with which to do so. 
the best way to stay in touch would be to, to visit the website or to contact me. We have a market update newsletter which goes out regularly, which is the latest on the ground intel about Brisbane. And the website is Allen Real Estate. That's A-L-L-E-N, realestate.com.au. And my email is just andrew at allenrealestate.com.au. And, and your readers are welcome to contact me for like just an obligation-free portfolio review, market update, chat about anything they like. And I uh, encourage them to do so. Thank you to Andrew Allen, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear his full story, simply visit propertyinvestory.com.au.